Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelions.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at a nine-game slate to kick off this Monday night for you guys in the NBA this week. Go ahead and make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. We're bringing you a couple game videos and our player props each and every weekday this regular season. This one, we're taking a look at the piping hot Orlando Magic taking on the struggling Hawks in Atlanta. Also, like I said, I have a couple other up for you today as well. Also, want you to head to thelines.com. That's where we have our great content for you, written by Nate and the gang all season long for you guys. And our player, pro- or, sorry, player props, our odds finder tool. You can use that to go ahead and get the best juice available, NBA player props, NBA games, and the like. So go ahead and make sure you're using that as well to get the best money back on those bets. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into the nine-game slate we've got tonight and then talk Magic and Hawks. Yeah, we got uh, some revenge narratives here. Utah at Cleveland. The Cavs are six-point favorites at home with a 221 total. The Raptors, uh, still questionable whether they'll have OG back at some point this week. Uh, Gary Trent day-to-day. They're plus 7.5 at Philly, so we'll see what the injury news brings there. This game, the Magic are down to plus 6.5. It was 7.5, and and that total's at 230. Get back to it in a second. We got Spurs plus four at the Rockets. Blazers minus seven at the Thunder. Mavs are minus three and a half at Timberwolves. There's a chance Luka Doncic sits in that one. Bucks are minus one at Pelicans. That is the other game we will break down there. Lakers on a back-to-back are plus nine and a half at the Suns, who got Devin Booker back, and he dropped a nice 50-piece to snap their woes. And then the Hornets are plus 10 at the Kangs back home with a 240 total in that game. Definitely interesting to uh, eye some player props out there. We're looking at the Hawks, and, um, I mean, just a, a flailing Hawks team, if you will, since that issue arose between Trey Young and head coach Nate McMillan. They're 2 and. Five, uh, including a loss at Orlando where they gave up 50 in the first quarter to Orlando. Uh, it's really hard to take an under with this team right now, given the fact that they, they, they will just hemorrhage points at times. So maybe we are more intrigued at the over. I mean, at first glance, I'm like, why is Orlando such a big dog? How much value can I get on Orlando just winning this game? And then what do I want to parlay with to potentially double that value? Is it the the Orlando money line and the over plus 450 or the under plus 500? I think I lean slightly towards the over because we're saying, why is Atlanta continuing to lose games? Because their defense is is awful per usual, but it's particularly awful without John Collins uh, and with DeAndre Hunter either out or banged up. Same thing really applies to Clint Capella and DeJounte Murray out. I mean, there's just, there's just kind of a bunch of rookies and then Trey Young regarded sometimes as the worst defender in the NBA individually. And Orlando is a big switchable team. Um, you know, that in the first meeting of the season, they were playing, you know, too big, not using enough of their versatility. There were, Wendell Carter Jr. still playing. He's a good player, but I don't know if he's as dangerous to this Hawks defense. So they had no Mo Wagner in the lineup, no Bull Bull, no Markel Fultz, who came back from injury. And they only scored 98 against Atlanta. And then the last two meetings, I mean, I mentioned that second one. Uh, the first one was an, was a Hawks win. It was 70 to 50 at halftime, though. Uh, so the Magic were doing their part offensively. They just weren't having that much success denying Trey and DeJounte Murray with both of them out there. But 
You mentioned it, the, the piping hot magic coming off consecutive wins in Boston, some of the most uh, unexpected results you'd see because they came in on a four-game win streak and they were still 13-point dogs in Boston and sort of drank that Kool-Aid bulletin board material, whatever you want to say, came out and just put the clamps on the hottest offense in the league, a team that has looked unbeatable at home in two games against Boston, held them to 100 points to 24% three-point shooting and a 39 to 30 assist to turnover ratio. Uh, and the Hawks, you know, they, they got a win over the Hornets. They shot 51% from three. That's an anomaly from what we've seen from this team. They've been just awful from beyond the arc. Uh, the previous eight, they were shooting 32%. And Orlando's the number two three-point defense on the road. Uh, they deny the mid-range, do a good job on points in the paint, obviously with all that length and the Hawks are scoring their high, the highest percentage of their points inside the arc of any team in the league. So I, I just trust Orlando the way they're rolling right now to be able to keep this reasonably close, whether that means scoring with Atlanta because they have seven power forwards and Atlanta has nobody to guard power forwards right now. So whether that's scoring with them or just continuing to capitalize on Atlanta's chemistry issues and offensive issues that – it doesn't really allow them to pull away from any teams. Yeah, I mean, what, what's really interesting to me about the way Orlando's winning is that they aren't really doing anything differently in terms of their style of play. Um, there's a bit of, I mean, there's something to the fact that Markel Fultz has been back. Um, and they're 18 and 18 uh, basically with him since two, for the last three seasons. When he's playing in the 36 games he's played for them in the last three seasons, uh, obviously not ideal numbers there. 1818 500 team without him they are 36 and 113 um i do that what you will but i mean they, they have a point guard on the court when he's out there and they don't have anything like a capable point guard when he's not so the difference in, in what why they're winning is strictly i think just game management um and definitely you know a defense that has been up to scratch let's say um they've won a few games with points they are all against the hawks um so it is a, a game where um you know in their wins it, it, orlando is scoring 113 you know versus when they're losing they're only scoring about 106 but not that big of a difference uh there's a much larger disparity so it's really just a matter of are they sort of taking advantage of their possessions obviously their offensive rating and their efficiency that's what goes up in their wins uh much more so than, than anything else and, and once again that's a direct result uh, efficient offense of actually having a point guard uh, on the court there. Uh, Bull Bull also gets some flowers, and then Mo Wagner, uh, not Franz, Mo Wagner gets some flowers as well in those last eight games or so that they, they've been playing without Wendell Carter Jr., uh, who was wildly important to their team, it seems, before Mo Wagner decided that he was also going to come in and, and play with like 108 defensive rating individually, which is plenty for him. That's very, very good for him uh, because of what he's also bringing on offense in his 28 minutes a game during that time frame. Um, and, and that's going to be a problem, once again, for a team that doesn't have Clint Capella and uh, Trey Young's efficiencies clearly are a little bit hampered by that. That he also doesn't have John Collins, another uh, rim runner, you know that that he needs in that in that pick and roll style offense. So that's that's a bit of the reason for the struggles to me is just a little bit of who's playing, who's not playing. Dejounte, obviously, we still don't think he's playing. Um, so I, I think that you know with without Dejounte, which it's not like they were like super efficient with him, they were still figuring things out. But at least they had another ball handler on the floor and someone who can get his own uh, own shot and create for others when Trey does need a break because Trey's on off he, as sort of average as he's been at times for himself. It's still like there's no one scoring when he's not on the floor. Uh, thank thankfully for, for them, Bogey's back, which is another reason that you know I'm a little bit 
scared of an under. My first thought is exactly yours. Like this is at seven and a half at this point, six and a half, depending on where you find it for for Orlando. Just go ahead and snap smash that if you like. I'll, I'll go ahead and take a little bit of that that money line magic as well for the Magic uh, and see if I can't get you know that what plus two twenty or so uh, in certain places for them. Um, and then yeah, the, the, I want to go under on a total where um, in the last twenty games that the Magic have played, this total they've gone over four times up two thirty and a half. Obviously, one of those was the Hawks, um, and, and it's not like I feel as comfortable just using that math to get there because of the fact that I do think that if they win this game, they're probably putting up close to 115, 117 points um, to be able to, because the, the Hawks, that's all they're going to be able to do. I, I think they're going to give up points, and you can feel good about you know Orlando taking advantage of that, uh, especially now, you know with, with nobody that I would be really concerned about for their offense missing. Everybody's there for them. Um, so I, I, you know on, on the road, they do struggle way more on offense um, but this is uh, the time for them to sort of right that ship considering how you know how bad the Hawks have been on defense just everywhere like you said so um, versus the East in general you know they're 11 and 11 against the spread they're covering by like two and a half points I think they're you, you watch what they're doing it's all these top tier teams in the East over the course of the last two weeks beating Toronto twice um, and, and beating the uh, the, the, the uh, Celtics on the road twice as we said um, the, that that also fares well for the way that I think that they you know feel feel a little bit more confidence playing these teams that they that they know and are a little bit more familiar with since they're they've got still got uh, you know so many young guys yeah it's interesting there's like a direct correlation it seems between when the hawks lose and when they go under at least on the broader trend side it's like they're five and nine to the over after a win they're also five and nine straight up um you know same kind of trend with division games same kind of trend uh when they're listed as home favorites and they've not been covering at all consistently as home favorites. Uh, the Magic, like you mentioned, their offense is a little bit of a struggle bus on the road. And they, when they do go over the Magic, it tends to be against Western Conference teams. Uh, I mean, they're 7-13 and 13 to the over. Uh, against the East here uh, and, and going under by an average of six points per game on the road. But, I mean, these are all just trends, and it's kind of an anomaly when you look at how the Hawks play, which is you, you don't you don't know what you're going to get in terms of effort, in terms of chemistry on offense or defense. So, I mean, we're circling around the fact that the, the, the total is just much less reliable here than trying to back um, – Orlando to cover um, and, and and like you said you might as well sprinkle some on the money line because it's like it, it's feast or famine with this Hawks team right now um, what you're going to get from them on a nightly basis in Orlando you might as well see how long you can ride this little hot surge from them uh, I mean they, they got a lot of talent on the roster for sure uh, and right now they're healthier than Atlanta by far uh, and, and they seem to like playing with each other I mean don't underestimate the uh, the joy of actually playing with each other versus Atlanta, which is just kind of falling apart here and uh, finger pointing and whatever, whatever, you know, arose at the, at the beginning of this month uh, between Trey and the head coach. And so, I mean, yeah, plus seven is too big uh, and plus 220 is a lot of value to get a team that could e easily win this game. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I thought you were going to say, don't underestimate the value of friendship. You could have really nailed that one home. But either way, yeah, it is about liking your teammates as well. I mean, if you look at that, like you said, just this, the, the talent on that roster, if you just look at the starters for tonight, I mean, Bogey will probably be in there, uh, DeAndre Hunter and Trey, and then Okongwu and Jalen 
Johnson, Aaron Holiday, like Aaron Holiday, fine, whatever. But if you're looking at who's starting, if you do believe in this bowl bowl surge uh, of super efficient offense, I mean, his defense still leaves a lot to be desired. But if you're seven feet tall and bringing the, the skill set that he's bringing right now and taking advantage of of your matchups the way he is, um, Franz Wagner, Paolo, bowl bowl, you know, Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz, or Mo Wagner and, and Markel Fultz, like. I, I think I'd like those starting lineups just as much as, as anything. So the plus seven is just way too much. It's not like Orlando has done that much worse on the road in any way other than just not playing as well on offense, uh, but still bringing the exact same level of defense. If anywhere, if there is anywhere that uh, Atlanta can take advantage, it's turnovers. If Orlando is going to turn the ball over too much, Atlanta uh, does take advantage of that scores. Uh, you know, I believe they're in the top seven or so in the league uh, in terms of scoring off of opponents, turnovers, taking advantage of that, getting out on the fast break. Um, and that's the only time that they really do fast break. Other than that, uh, that you know, they're running a, a much more slower paced offense, which has been a little bit less efficient in the half court. Uh, and obviously that defense not being up to scratch is the reason that, that this plus seven and a half is way too much. And you can find plus 230 on that money line. Definitely worth at least a touch uh, there. And then, you know, definitely feel pretty good about that, uh, that plus seven number. So uh, the Bucks, we're going to talk about this one here. Minus one at Pels. Totals at 228. Not really that much movement there. Lakers on a back-to-back are plus nine and a half at Phoenix. We got Devin Booker back, and he promptly went off. And then the Hornets are plus ten at the Kings. Uh, yeah, I mean, you said the Bucks got wrecked in Memphis. Then they come home and destroy the Jazz uh, without Giannis or Chris Middleton. Middleton's going to miss this game as well. Um, Giannis, of course, you would expect to be back, and and he should be back. It's just, it was just rest, I believe for him but the key note there was that you know the Bucks getting back to playing well as a team and Drew Holiday getting back to 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 his full powers it seems um you know he'd been at, in and out of the lineup for a while dealing with a non-COVID illness and that seemed to hamper him and and now you know he's starting to cook again had a really nice line uh in just 27 minutes in that blowout blowout win um 22-9-5 and um now, now he's facing his former team, of course, and you know, he's, we talk about how he's just as important in, in some ways as Giannis is for the Bucks' success. And if you look at the Bucks and be like, "How can I back this team? They're so inconsistent. Like they they crush the Warriors, then they get crushed, then they and then they crush another team." Uh, well, I mean, it, you can look at Drew and say, you know, they're much more used to playing with Drew and Giannis as the centerpieces than Chris Middleton, who. You know, has shown a lot of rust since coming back and was not necessarily super helpful. Uh, Definitely not on the defensive end as much, but where I I lean bucks a little bit, but I am on the over as as a firm pick here at, at 228, anywhere 230 or lower, in my opinion. I mean, these are two teams that can obviously fill it up that, like I said, when we talked about Milwaukee Memphis last week, um, they're two teams that attack the paint and might be able to limit other teams from attacking the paint, but they can't limit each other. Like, you look at Zion, the last time he played uh, Milwaukee, 34-8-6, and and that was with Brooke Lopez healthy and playing 35 minutes. So it's not like that rim protector can stop Zion. Nobody can stop Zion right now. Giannis came right back with 38-10-4. Milwaukee struggling to, to guard the paint in general, aside from that Jazz game where Utah just didn't show up. I mean, they got pounded by Memphis down low. And, and they've been giving up fast break points as well. And the pace is just so notable. I mean, I only have to take the last seven meetings of these teams. It's They've been playing shootouts for a while now. But the last seven is a 107 pace 
with the Bucks scoring about 126 a game, the Pels scoring 117. You look at the Bucks in their last three games, uh, pace of 105 to beat the Warriors, 101 against Memphis, and then they go down to 92 against Utah, but still scored at such an efficient rate without Giannis that they that they got 123 points. And I mean, with Giannis, their pace is obviously going to ramp back up. The Pelicans with Zion, we talk about all the time. Their pace is about 100 versus 95 without him. They get nine more free throw attempts per game. Uh, the defensive rating, I don't really buy the fact that it's slightly worse uh, without him. I, I, I don't think that he's a defensive plus necessarily. I think he's, you know, right now he's about being point Zion, uh, attacking the rim at all costs and, and, you know, helping the game get up and down in that fashion. And I think that that's great for for Giannis and for the Bucks as well. Also, the fact that Larry Nance Jr. is is doubtful, basically, for this one is good for Giannis. He would have been one of the guys to try to slow him down. The Pels, I mean, their defense was really good before they went on this three-game road trip, and then it just kind of, the bottom fell out. They had 121 defensive rating and gave up 124 points per game uh, and, and really struggled inside the arc in that spam. Um, and so now even coming back home, I don't expect a, a lights-out defensive performance. And they're slight underdogs here. They're 8-2 and two to the over when they're underdogs this year. 17 and 12 to the over as home dogs last year and, and this year as well going over at a high clip against the east and the bucks an incredible high clip against the west since last year uh in terms of going over playing with pace and and scoring about 118 including those matchups with new orleans i mentioned yeah i mean great matchup really fun stuff for sure and as as you would expect like zion versus Giannis, even if that's not the direct uh battle that we consistently get uh although we have seen actually a couple of times where they go at the rim together which is always the most fun thing ever i i think like for for them in terms of um points in this one it's just the only thing that the only reason this game is still at 227 and a half is because of the bucks defense um which has been the best in the league by far and also the worst offense on the road by far, <laughs> and that's the and that's the reason. Um, I don't know what you necessarily attribute that to, to be honest, nearly as much. The like 14-point disparity between how many points they're scoring at home versus on the road. Um, I, you know, if you look even just at the last like four-ish road games, uh, dating back, let's say like the last like 10 days or so of playing basketball, uh, or two weeks really, that you know, they, they have the worst, uh, worse than the Orlando Magic um, on the road as well, which is also really bad, and, and we talk about that in the other game, but... Um, that's been getting better. The, the, the Bucks on the road lately, yeah, you're just you're just a little bit worried. I, I, I like I said, I don't really know what to attribute that beatdown in Memphis to. They just basically gave up by the time like the second quarter came around. To be honest, and I mean Memphis throws its best punch at you. That's what it's known for bringing it in the first quarter a lot as well. Um, and then just seeing if you can take it. And, and Milwaukee didn't. They just folded. And we're like, we're good on the road here. I, I would venture a guess that there's going to be a, plenty more pride left in this one. They at least got the win without their you know key players, like you said without Giannis and Chris Middleton playing um, against the Jazz, still pulling out that win, but that's at home. Now we're back on the road and you're just thinking, all right, so what do we, what do we do with this? Um, back, back to, uh, you know, like a roughly five game road trip for them. I, I would hope that like that, that it's been talked about that they have the worst offensive rating on the road over the course of their last five in that, in that situation. And that that's what, you know, is going to be the difference in this one without with, like you said, with Drew, um, you feel a lot better about all of this. Uh, you feel a lot better about the, the points, but 
th th this is you said it. There's been an average of 246 points a game scored at 47 almost in this mat in this uh, th this matchup over the course of the last even just like you said you could go back like seven meetings. If you look at the last three seasons, basically that's you know that's what I'm looking at here is that their last four matchups over the course of three seasons. Um, and so I could at least get that other Zion season before he was out last year. And yeah, you're looking at 121 points a game for the Pellies and 126 points a game for the Bucks. Um, so, you know, the, the ones on the road are the two where they've scored the fewest amount of points. They scored 112 uh, a couple games, a couple matchups ago. And then before that, they scored uh, 126 on the road uh, against New Orleans. Those are their two lowest totals in, the, in that time frame against them. Um, and, and you look at why, like you said, it's points in the paint um, and it's fast break points. And, and both of these teams are doing that at a high clip. But like you said, also, New Orleans has really been much worse defending the paint um, even wherever they are uh, this season than they've been in the past. Uh, and I don't really, Zion's doing fine, but it's also the pace. Um, and so the teams are getting a lot of fast break points as New Orleans is just happy to go up and down, up and down, up and down. And if that's going to be the case, then I mean, I, I, I think I would venture to guess that like Milwaukee's down to, to play at that pace. Like you said, that's how they played against this team in the past. I think that they, you know, w are happy to, to continue moving the ball up and down the court as well and shooting plenty of threes as well. But those points in the paint are going to be available because of the fact that, you know, New Orleans in, a, in their last uh, four at home as well have failed to guard the paint better than like 20th in the league right now in terms of defending that, that area of the court. So, um, yeah, I, there's just a lot of reason for points. I, I, I don't know. I, it seems like minus one and a half is a little bit off uh, for this NOLA team. Like, why, why are they dogs at home? But um, it's basically a pick them at this point. I think probably we're, we're seeing people, the money at least shifting towards Milwaukee uh, at this point. I, I believe it opened right at about this. Maybe like it's moved like a half a point from Milwaukee. So it seems pretty even on both sides in terms of where the action's coming in. And it's really just a matter of, of how you feel like about the fourth quarter and, and who's going to finish this one. But much better bet to me would this be the, for this game to get at least 230, 232 uh, in that range tonight. Yeah, you mentioned the fourth quarter, and uh, I mean that's where Milwaukee usually puts the clamps on. But New Orleans is second in fourth quarter scoring, and and Zion, we've seen, you're not going to stop him down the stretch. It, you, you also talked about, you know, what happened with that Memphis game. Well, Drew Holiday didn't play again, and right. and a lot of uh, these these road games at Charlotte that went under. Uh, at San Antonio, both Giannis and, and Drew Holiday did not play. Then you got some matchups where you, you really would expect an under. The Knicks, at Magic, at Dallas. We don't know what to make of that Houston game. But a few of these games you throw in there. Middleton, like I was saying, he's like clogging up the works. He was like one for 11 at Orlando. Uh, right. I mean, he's just not back yet. And, they're you know, it's kind of awkward to try to integrate him. The Bucks have shown the ability to get into shootouts, I mean, 136-132 at OKC. And, I mean, their defense is not is not as reliable as it was early in the season to be like, oh, I'm really scared that they're just going to play a, a, you know, a game that stays under 110. Uh, I mentioned some of those key notes that, that the fast break points and points in the paint are what you worry about here. And look, there, there are there's struggles on the road scoring. They got to figure this out because, man, this is a brutal road trip that they have coming up here. It's the first of five on the road. They're at Cleveland, at Brooklyn, at Boston and at Chicago. Uh, it, so, I mean, maybe early season, they're kind of looking at their schedule like, yeah, we can let the, you know, we let that slide on the road. We come back home. We take care of business. Well, it's time to uh, to step up on the road. I mean, you can't just let lose five games in a row here where you're not going to compete against, you know, really the, the cream of the crop um, coming up in the stretch. So I think 
they do they do bring it on on both ends and like we've seen the last couple of years like milwaukee scores like 121 in wins so if you want to parlay them with the over sure but i i think i just take the over here and, and count on both teams scoring yeah, no, I'm fine with that. And, and like I said, points is, is where I lean. And, and exactly what you said was my thinking here. When you look at the five games that they have on the road, uh, Pelly's Cavs, Nets, Seas, um, Bulls, whatever. Bulls very good at home sometimes, not against the Knicks. Um, but yeah, with those five here, you've got to imagine that they've already been talked to. And that boot is like pretty up their butts about uh, the way that the offense is being played, getting that pace back up to, uh, you know, 100 plus as opposed to the, the random like 99s, like you said, that they're putting up against teams like Dallas and, and losing those games. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top u.s sports books all in one place then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust check out the lines.com nfl megapod as matt brown steven andrus and adam candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate join the coast to coast podcast crew mondays through fridays as nate weitzer and josh lander bring you the best player props and game lines for major league baseball the nba and the nfl and tune in to beat the closing line twice a week as nicole russo mo nawara and eli hershkovich dive into nfl opening lines plus special guests from the sports betting world so subscribe rate and review to the lines podcast network the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first NBA player prop for tonight. Yeah, we talked about the Bucks and the Pels, and uh, we're going to talk about that in player props for sure. If we like the over, like some overs with some players, including Drew Holiday, who's um, finally getting back to healthier. He was out with a non-COVID illness for a while, also an ankle issue. Uh, but his last six when he's been active, 23 points per game, eight assists, and hitting three threes at a 45% clip. So 18.5 points seems really low. Um, you're getting plus odds for him to hit three threes as well against the Pels team that gives up the fourth most three-point attempts and hit, gives up the second most makes to shooting guards uh, this season. And Chris Middleton's out. Uh, and so his usage rate since last season goes up from 22% to 28.5 without Middleton, as you would expect. Efficiency is worse, but, um, you know, he's just asked to do more and the efficiency might suffer a little bit. But he, this is a former team theory thing, of course. This is his fourth matchup with New Orleans since being traded in the previous three, getting 28 points per game, six rebounds, five assists. Uh, that includes a 40 point outburst in an overtime game in his first trip back to New Orleans uh, in a game with no Chris Middleton or Giannis. So. Uh, with both active, though, he still goes for 22, 9, and 5 against New Orleans last March. And, yeah, New Orleans uh, 121 defensive rating in their last three games. Uh, the, granted, those were on the road, but they're looking a little bit vulnerable, and we like points to be happening in this game, so Drew should get involved. Yeah, I'm struggling to, like, understand what the logic is behind his prop being at 18.5 points. Maybe because he was sick for a bit or something? I, I truly don't know. I mean, I understand Milwaukee's offense and it, it struggles on on the road um this season but we've we gave you some nate gave you some pretty good explanations in that game video for why that is um and and playing against this former team playing without chris middleton i feel like this should be at like 21 and a half um so i'm, I'm pretty happy to, to go ahead and hit that one that that should be our favorite bet as well um staying in this game because uh like we said we expect uh, some points in that one 
Zion over 25 and a half points. You could throw the rebounds in there uh, for 33 and a half points and rebounds. Uh, so giving about eight boards that he would need to get or so, right? But, um, you know, either way, last five, uh, he's been getting that 31 and a half points. We hit him twice in that time frame because he was playing the Jazz, who are the worst rebounding team. Uh, look A little look ahead to another prop today and it's someone playing the Jazz. But uh, last five overall, like I said, the beneficiary of two games against the worst rebounding team in the league. 31 and a half a game, uh, eight uh, eight boards, more than eight boards a game on 30% usage during that time. He's a plus 77 on the floor. Uh, obviously, we know what he's the, actually the reason they lost one of those games is because he was not on the floor because he had he fouled out uh, against the Jazz uh, pretty early. Well, he got three fouls pretty early and kind of sit a lot, but uh, 10 and a half free throw attempts because he's running that point guard uh, attacking from the top and, and getting all the way down to the, to the rim and barreling into people and getting those free throws. So if you look, if he's getting 10 and a half free throws, I really, really like the points. Um, you can throw the boards on there. Uh, it's a little bit scarier because Burlow was playing, but he's played against this this Milwaukee team with Brolo in there uh, over the, the last time that they played. He still went for 34-8 and the six assists. I love the assists as well, just because he's been getting at least four or five of those uh, with Brandon Ingram off the floor. So Milwaukee in, on the road in their last, you know, or at least in their last three, uh, 51 points in the paint that they're allowing, which is obviously like bottom five in the league uh, if, if, it over, if it was over the course of the season. Um, and they're allowing about 15 fast break points on the road as well, which is where we know uh, New Orleans wants to get up and down, especially at home. Uh, scoring about three more fast work break points on the road, are they? So um, feel good about points in this one. Feel good about Zion being obviously a huge uh, reason for that. So getting 26 points feels uh, like a really solid bet for tonight. Yeah, I mean, this is probably like the fourth time in the last five opportunities you've taken Zion uh, to get like 26 <laughs> points, and it's hit every single time. And you probably would have taken it more if he wasn't playing on the weekend, and it would have hit yeah. it again because he had like 35 against the Suns. Like, he's, it's just like extremely reliable and his prop has been around 26 and a half until today and again i think they're just overvaluing the defenses for both these teams in terms of how they're going to impact this particular matchup uh we talked about you know brooke lopez being a good rim projector well zion had 34 8 and 6 the last time he played the bucks with brooke playing a full slate of minutes so it's not like he's going to shut him down um yeah Sixers and Raptors, intriguing game for sure. Uh, playoff rematch. Uh, not going with any of the stars here, though. I mean, James Harden floundered against the Raptors defense, and I would be all over and under if OG Ananobi was playing, but we don't know about that. Um, what I am doing is taking DeAnthony Melton over, and the 12 and a half points is good. It's plus odds, but I mean, I think you take the whole package with him because he's playing 37 minutes per game right now. Uh, with Maxie and Milton now as well, uh, you know, only 19 and a half PRA in his last five. He's averaging 17 points, six rebounds, four assists. That's obviously well over that. You just take his last four against Toronto, a couple, two of them with Memphis, 12 points, five rebounds, four assists. So you're at 21 PRA and that's in just 22 minutes per game. And now he's playing nearly the entire game. And like, unless this is a blowout, He's a really good rebounding guard, uh, and and Philly's a really bad rebounding team. And and so the fact he's going to come in there crashing and do his part to get the peripheral stats. Uh, And Toronto, their defense has kind of fallen off a cliff without OG. Um, That is a huge factor. In their last seven, they're allowing the fifth most points to shooting guards and the fifth most rebounds to point guards. Splice that however you want. I mean, Melton, is he the point guard or shooting guard when Harden's out there? It doesn't really matter. The point is he's the the hustle guy, and Harden is the guy who's just going to run pick and rolls and and take his step back threes and call it a day. And uh, But Melton is the guy who's going to try to fill up the whole statue for you, probably get you double-digit points and, and some good peripheral stats as well. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the peripheral stats are almost as high as the points. Um, so however you want to slice it, I mean, that's why the points you get, the, the uh, even odds there, um, get, you know, plus 100, really, really nice for him to get 13, uh, the way that he's been putting, you know, put, putting up stats, in, especially in the last five, and, and Harden being back almost seems to help him probably getting a few more minutes, um, you know, playing with the second unit and then still being on the floor during crunch time. That's exactly what you want it, it, from from a guy that you're picking up. You know, when you get this low stat line for a guy that you know is at least going to be on the floor uh, for those 36 and a half ish minutes a game. Like, yeah, go ahead and uh, feel good about about the value that you get on, on his his uh, prop line there. So um, let's finish things off with Jared Allen. He is at home. He's taken on the uh, Utah Jazz. This is not the first time, as we said, that we are using this logic to go ahead and pick a player prop. The Jazz do not rebound, and that's because their two big men are Laurie Markkinen and Kelly Olynyk, who are just as happy to play 30 feet from the basket as they are right next to it. So um, that's going to be a huge uh, opportunity for any opposing centers right now against the Jazz, who are 30th in defensive rebounding percentage. They are 30th in points allowed in the paint, which is obviously where Jared Allen is scoring all of his points. Uh, and Utah on the road, just a really bad defensive rating, 117.6. Um, and yeah, so I mean, look, they're 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 still like scoring on the road. Are the Jazz? There's going to be plenty of point scores. There'll be plenty of shots put up, um, and that's why we were like the rebounds for Jared Allen. Ten and a half is plus money on Fanduel at plus one hundred eight for him to get eleven boards. Uh, my favorite reasoning there is if you look at Jared Allen at home this season, thirteen games played, uh, fourteen points and eleven and a half boards at home that he's averaging uh, in those thirteen games, which is about two or three more boards uh, than he averages on the road as well. Where their defense is not quite as good, so more of those shots are probably going in on the road uh, when you play against the Cavs. When you're at home, this is the best off. This is the best defensive team in the league um, at home. Maybe, uh, you know, not as good as Milwaukee at times, but I, I don't know. I would still probably uh, put this defense up against anyone in the league. And uh, it, the, the fact that there's going to be plenty of rebounds available, I think, uh, for, for him tonight uh, would be the reason I just go ahead and take the rebounds and get him to get 11 boards, get your plus money. Don't really need to worry about the, uh, the points on this one as much. Yeah, I mean, interesting you bring up Milwaukee because they just held Utah to 97 points and abysmal field goal percentage. And yeah, by the numbers, Cleveland is the best defense in the league at home. Anywhere you slice it, they have the best rating. Uh, it's, so I, I expect Utah to, again, build a house of bricks here on the road. And, and Allen, you know, a, a monster rebounder to, to, to get double digit boards uh, for sure. Maybe they play Walker Kessler more to match up with him. Um, be interested in that. But, I, I mean, I, I think he's still going to get his defensive rebounds and Utah is not crashing the glass and taking those away from you. Yeah, no, I'm, for whatever reason, I'm, I'm not as familiar with the Jazz as maybe I could be to be to, to come up with this. But, like, Walker Kessler's still not getting minutes for some reason. I mean, he's, he's getting the 18 to 20, uh, and a lot of people are calling for him to get, like, 25 to 30. Uh, we'll see if that's the case tonight where they definitely need some more interior presence. But I'm still perfectly fine with Jaron Allen getting his average total of rebounds at home, which is closer to 12 than it even is 11. But that is all the time we have for you guys in this one. Go ahead and like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us each and every weekday this regular season. And until we see you next, happy betting.